I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. Episode 190 of the podcast tonight. Welcome everybody. What is going on? I am your host Rob Carbone and you are listening to BD4. Hope everybody's having a nice morning, nice night, nice day, afternoon, whenever it is you are listening to this. Um, But uh, it should be December 3rd on a Thursday while you are listening. That's when I plan on publishing this. Um. So I hope you're doing well, you know. I was doing well until I got some news that um the Yankees plan to tender Gary Sanchez and offer him a contract which is projected to be around 5.5 mil for the 2020 season, uh, 2021 season. So that was today, the the non-tenure the the non-tender deadline for baseball was earlier today. And by today, I mean a Wednesday, the second. So the Yankees, <laughs> they're keeping Gary Sanchez around. Um, we're going to get to him tonight. So it's hopefully it's going to be a shorter one. I say that all the time and I never do, but um, that's really, that's it. You know, it's just the Gary Sanchez news. A um, couple, you know, other things, you know, they kept Sessa around today as well, and they um, kept Heller and let Holder go. So we'll discuss that um, too. But Gary, the big news um, around baseball, it was the non-tender deadline. So <laughs> Kyle Schwarber was non-tendered. Tendered. I keep fucking wanting to say tenure. Kyle Schwarber was non-tendered today. So the Cubs let him go crazy. I remember when he was on the up and ups and, you know, after a strong performance, I think it was his rookie season, people thought he was going to turn into a star. Right? Big lefty bat. ton of pop. And he's always had the power. But he didn't turn into a star. Actually, you know, don't even... Like, I don't even think it's it's that far-fetched to say he was their version in certain ways of Gary Sanchez. Ton of power, high expectations at the get-go, but didn't really live up to the hype. Struggled with his consistency at the plate. Um, you look at the numbers, low batting averages, low on-base percentages. So... It's not that far-fetched to say he was their version. He wasn't a great defensive player either. He was, a, you know, not in the best shape. And before Yankees fans even think about it, no. <laughs> no. The last thing I want is a lefty version of Gary Sanchez while retaining Gary Sanchez. It's no thank you. No thank you on Kyle Schwarber. So... 
He was non-tendered, uh, but the Yankees tendered Gary Sanchez, yes. And I'm not surprised one bit. Did I want it to happen? No, of course not. I wanted him out. Um, I did prefer they try and trade him before they tender him, but he, he I'm not surprised that the Yankees are going this route and they're going to keep him around. Um, not shocked one bit. And I don't think if you have any, if you have brains, I don't think you should be shocked either. Not saying it's the right move, but with the Yankees, you know, you can understand it if you're looking through pinstripe glasses like they do. So, we're going to get into that. So, let's head to our first break, and when we get back, we'll, we'll just dive right into it. All right. Hey guys, just a quick reminder that if you haven't followed me on social media yet or subscribed to the blog or this podcast, just go to my website to do all that stuff at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. So, yeah, it was um, earlier today. Not shocking whatsoever. Not to me. I mean, come on, really? Are you that shocked? You know, the one thing that 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 I've started to notice with this Yankees team over the last couple of years, they have this mentality that I really, really, really dislike. And we talked about pet peeves in episode 189 last night about the Knicks. That scared the shit out of me. Holy crap. But, um, sorry, I had to pause it for a second. Something fell on the side off the shelf and that scared the shit out of me. We're good now. We are good. Um, but as I was saying, um, they have, the Yankees have developed this mentality that I think is very dangerous to them as a contender. Um, they're starting to fall into this trap of keep wanting to keep players around just because they have long-term ties here or whatever. I don't know how to word it, but they want to keep guys away just because it's, it, they have this nostalgia, right? It's, it's, we did, we did it with CC for too long. We kept him around. We just did it with Gary. We just did it with Sessa. I would not be su surprised at all. And I don't think you should be, if they do, if they keep doing this with Gardner, they did it with him last year. They're going to do another one-year offer. It's like they just they throw these little offers at people who've been here from the get-go, right? Who've been here for a long time. CC was one of the remainder remaining players on that 09 team. They try to keep him around as long as possible until his fucking knees basically fell off. Brett Gardner, they're doing that right now with him. Fucking guarantee he comes back. And now we're looking at Gary Sanchez, who's flopped ever since his first two seasons. And Luis Sessa, who's been below average ever since coming here. From the system. It's like we have this obsession with keeping guys around forever. Because we, we either like the nostalgia or we feel like there's going to be a point where they reach that untapped potential quote unquote. 
it's 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 just I don't like it. I don't like that mentality. I think we need to throw that away. And, and not to sound like a hard ass here, but grow some balls and stop trying to sell the fan base this narrative that they're going to eventually find that potential. You know, it's it's preventing the Yankees from going further, in my opinion. You know, I just don't see them winning a championship if they keep hanging on to guys that haven't gotten the job done time after time now. That's it's just, it's three seasons in a row with Gary Sanchez where he's underachieved on the field, both at the plate and behind the plate, and he struggled with injury. Okay. And, you know, he's a big part of the lineup. He's going to get you at-bats when he's healthy. He's going to be in the lineup. And, and keeping him around in the middle of the order at that, that's just, it's a recipe for disaster in October. I mean, guys, we had Kyle Higashioka starting postseason games for the Yankees because Gary was that bad. This is your rising superstar everybody was talking about, sitting on the bench for a light-hitting career backup catcher, a minor league player, and Higashioka. And, and granted, Higashioka had a solid season all around, but again, your franchise player at one point, one of yours, sitting on the bench in, a, in, a cru in crucial playoff games because he couldn't perform well. He's a liability. And we're going to put that liability in the lineup again next season just because, again, we believe there's something there. So I, I, you know, it's like the Yankees are living in some kind of loop where they refuse to admit to themselves the harsh truth, and they don't want it's it's ridiculous to me. It is, and we won't make any prominent moves. Don't look for any more prominent moves this offseason. We got Garrett Cole. That was our big move for for the decade, maybe. That was our big move. The Yankees of old, they would keep pushing. And again, I know I sound like a like an old school boomer. I don't care. But the Yankees of old will keep pushing. They would keep pushing until they found that recipe. They would do what needs to be done. They would do it at any cost, time and time again, off season after off season. This team, this current team, right here, under this new regime, this regime, this new analytical approach, and and this new whole, this whole fucking era of baseball we're in right now with the front offices controlling everything on the field during the games, this current team is not like that. They don't keep pushing. This team right here is settling. They got their coal. That was their big signing of the decade. They're going to fucking settle from here on out. They're going to, they're going to, if they make a move this offseason, it's going to be for some washed up veteran pitcher who was once good, you know, a Corey Kluber, a Cole Hamels, a Lance Lynn. That's the very best, in my opinion, that you're going to get in terms of additions to our you know, very shallow rotation this offseason. You're not getting anything. And granted, the, the pitching market, both in the deadline, I'm sorry, in the trade market and in the fucking um, free agent pool, is not very deep. But, you know, I, I just don't see the Yankees making any big splashes either way. And even on the other end, you know, with position players. I don't see a Brantley deal coming. I don't see them trying to make any kind of moves for, you know, a high-profile 
bat. Lindor, I don't see that happening. I just don't think the Yankees want to pay the price anymore. I think they're all about being savvy. So bringing back Gary just reminded me that they're trying to do the best with what they currently have. They're trying to make as minimal moves as they can. I don't think I worded that correctly, but you get my point. It sucks, man. Gary was one of... He used, listen, he used to be one of my fucking favorite players. And I'm sure a lot of Yankees fans said that. You know, in his first rookie season, 53 games, whatever it was, and you look at his second season after that, his first two years in the big leagues, he was a 285... 930 OPS guy. Since then, the last three seasons, he stumbled all the way down to, you know, a 200 hitter with, you know, an OPS if he's lucky in the mid 700s. He went from a 28900 guy to a 200 700 guy. Just like that. The consistent approach is gone. The balanced attack is not there anymore. He used to make a decent amount of contact. You know, 20, 23% K rate in his first two seasons, whatever it was. Last year, he struck out 36% of the time. And the postseason, even worse. And his defense remains bad. You know, I look at it like, like I, I don't know, people have heard this before. Maybe it's it's a tired... Um, reason, but I think it's true. I think fucking Girardi pressed him so hard, he motivated him to play well. He performed well under Joe Girardi because Joe Girardi got on his ass. And you know what? If you don't like hearing that, that's tough shit. But I think it's the truth. And many people think it's the truth. I know it's the truth. Joe Girardi got on him, man. As soon as Girardi gets fired, Yanks want their buddy-buddy manager and they go get one. They go get their their buddy-buddy puppet, Aaron Boone, who's everybody's pal. Everybody's pal. The production drops off. Gary gains some weight. By the way, if you look at his rookie year, and then look at him now, he's put on a lot of pounds. And I'm not one to talk. I'm, I'm a fat fuck who eats chips and pizza. But <laughs> Gary Sanchez, you know, as a starting catcher, who's supposed to be this rising superstar... He definitely let himself go a little bit, um, transitioning from from Girardi's leadership to Boone's leadership. So he's here. Gary's back. They tendered him. And um, at this point, man, what can we expect? Here's my thing. What Numbers-wise, if we're looking numbers, if we're talking numbers, what... What would we accept? What would be credible for a Gary Sanchez slash next season? Personally, at this point, I would parade. I would throw a friggin' parade if I saw him bat 250, 800. If I saw that, I would be beyond excited, stoked, thrilled. That would be awesome if he could sit around 250, have the OPS over 800. But do we even see that happening? 
Guys, he hit 147 this past season. He hit 180 two years ago. In between those two seasons, he hit 230, but was in the Men- was under the Mendoza in the second half. That's even a large jump. To go from 147 to over 250 is over 100 points. And the OPS, you know, that's a big jump too. 100 plus points. If you're an OPS guy. I mean, fuck. Even that. Even hitting, you know, an above average slash like that is going to be difficult to climb back up to get to again. I don't fucking like it, man. I don't like it. Fucking, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's... I would still see what you can... What you can do. If you can get a Yachty Molina for cheap, go after him. But something tells me, again, the Yankees are seeing Gary as their go-to guy. And Yachty's going to end up back in St. Louis. That's another thing, man. He's got to play 162 more games. I don't think he can last 162. The guy can barely make it through a 60-game season. Higashioka had a spot start for him. So I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to platoon? I don't know. I still feel like the Yankees have faith in him. Unfortunately, they have the utmost faith in him. So... Gary Sanchez is back. <laughs> Luis Sessa is back. Ben Heller is back. Whatever. Don't really care. Jonathan Holder is gone. Uh, don't care for him either. He, he's, you know, okay last season. Probably his best. Eh. Fucking had a good year two years ago. He was an okay pitcher. Average pitcher. Fucking I don't care. That shit keeps falling and scaring the shit out of me. That's twice. I don't know why it keeps falling. Alright, so fucking that's all we've got, guys. Gary Sanchez is back. I'm not too happy about it. Fucking I understand it because the Yankees again see everything through pinstripe colored glasses. Is that Michael K's line? I always feel like I hear it somewhere. I just don't remember where. <laughs> Alright, so let's head to break and when we get back we'll get to the NYY. NYK question of the day. Hey guys, just a quick reminder that if you haven't followed me on social media yet or subscribe to the blog or this podcast, just go to my website to do all that stuff at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Okay, so for episode 189... Uh, obviously, we were talking Knicks. My question to you guys was, where were the Knicks originally located? 
hey, we did a question like this for the Yankees. The answer is the Baltimore Orioles. That's That was their original name. They were from Baltimore. And so that's the same question for the Knicks. Where were they originally located? The answer to that, New York. Kind of a trick question. They were always in New York, and they're one of the two original teams, the pioneers of basketball, along with the Boston Celtics. Um, tonight's NYY, NYK question of the day brought to you by Anchor for episode 190. What was the lowest regular season win total for a World Series champion New York Yankees team? And if you want to tell me what year, you can go ahead and do that too. But you only need to tell me the win total. Okay, so one last time. What was the lowest regular season win total for a New York Yankees World Series champion team? All right. So let me know the answer on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or comment, or uh, you can comment or private message me the answer, whatever, once I publish the podcast. So I hope everybody enjoyed. If you like this video or this podcast, if you're listening to the podcast or if you're watching the video format of the podcast, I appreciate it. Give it a like, subscribe, follow, share it, download it, review it, rate it, whatever you want to do, do it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. I appreciate every one of you. Yeah, that's all we've got. I mean, <laughs> that's all we've got, man. There's not much else to talk about. Like I said, we're not going to be covering Yankees until we get, you know, unless we get some kind of breaking news. And this wasn't huge news. Right, but it was news, so that's why there was a Yankees episode for 190, the Yankees tender Gary. So the Yanks do that, and uh, we'll see what happens with the rest, man. Hopefully they can sign back DJ LeMayu. Um, Tanaka can come back for cheap. Really fucking left a bad taste in my mouth with how pathetic he was um, down the stretch of the postseason, but I think I give him another shot for cheap, being that he was so great for them in October, previous to 2020. Um, Paxton can fuck off. Um, but that rotation needs some patching up, man. You know, it's not just going to be... You can't just rely on Cole. Sevy will come back 100% and healthy. Her mom will come back. All of a sudden, he'll start pitching lights out again, despite missing a year and never being that great to begin with. You know, it, it's you can't just have these, but if he does this, he does that, we'll be fine. No, you have to have somebody else outside of Garrett Cole as a guarantee to pitch well. Because World Series championship teams, they have that. Who do we have outside Garrett Cole to look at and say, okay, this guy's going to go out there and give you a quality start at the very worst? I can't say that with Severino. We don't know what we're going to get from him. I feel like it's been ages since we've even even seen him take the bump so that's that guys thank you so much for tuning in one more time i am your host rob carbone you are listening to bd4 where there's no better way to get your yankees and nicks analysis that's all we've got for episode 190 thank you so much for tuning in and i'll see you next time all right ciao
This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.